0: Hi, everyone. This is Dawn Richard, also known as The Awakening with Dawn. And this is the Wake Up to Real Love podcast, where we share stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. I am super excited today to have my guest, Brittany Glass. Welcome, Brittany.
1: Thank you, Dawn. Thank you for having me. I am so excited about today's podcast as well.
0: Me too. Brittany is an amazing woman. She is a leading glam life strategist, which you say, What is that? Well, she'll tell us. Trust me. (laughs) Um, She embodies glam for sure. She is a transformative interior designer and space healer. She's known for elevating high level women into even bigger winners. Her sole purpose is to help women honor, celebrate, and own their true selves so they can show up fully in life, contribute their unique gifts to the world, and create the reality they want to live. As the creator of the Rich Woman Code Coaching Immersion, Brittany uses holistic healing, mindset mastery, design therapy, and intentional living energy principles to guide women to legendary success, legacy, and wealth. This is going to be an amazing conversation today. I'm super excited to have you here, Brittany. Welcome, welcome, welcome.
1: Yes, I am too. Thank you for that amazing introduction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you embody glam, and so glam meaning glamorous, but you know that Fergie song, Glamorous? Yes. Oh. I it's love it's that fun. song. Song. <laughs> it was my favorite song. I actually did a hip hop dance to it. Like, you know, when it first came out, I love, love, love that song.
1: Yes, yeah, It was so uplifting and so empowering. I think uh, I took it for granted.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you for sure are not taking it for granted now.
1: No, definitely not.
0: So, so I want, I just want to ask you first, what does the glamorous Britney what did she do this weekend? Because I want to hear how you live your glamorous life.
1: Gosh, what, what am I doing this weekend coming up?
0: What did you do last weekend? What, do, what are you doing coming up? Like, how do, you, how do you live this glamorous life?
1: So I don't want to make it seem like glam is just about being materialistic or just living pretentiously.
0: Yeah, I know. I know that you don't, that you are not of that mindset.
1: Yes. So glam for me is just really showing up as my full self and surrounding myself with beautiful energy and... Occasionally, not even occasionally, but when I feel inclined to actually allow myself to enjoy the finer things in life and have amazing experiences. So, a typical weekend for me, I actually work a lot. I'm working on this now, trying to.
0: I know really, you do, yes. <laughs>
1: trying to really get my work life balance as an entrepreneur in flow instead of hustle. However, yeah i typically work on the weekends as an interior designer i work with a lot of families who are actually only available on the weekends so i do consultations in the morning Uh typically um a great saturday would end in some cosmos or cabernet with my beloved and some really cute shoes (laughs) so
0: Doesn't matter about the rest of the outfit, it's just the shoes. Yeah, the
1: shoes make the whole night, okay?
0: On or off.
1: Shoes and big hair, yes, on or
0: off. Yay, big hair. (laughs) Yes. Do you know, Brittany, when I was growing up, nobody had hair like this, they all pretended that they didn't. And it took me the longest time to really embrace my hair.
1: I love your hair.
0: Well, it's similar to yours. I yeah, love your hair too. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you to embrace your hair?
1: Oh, this is literally just recent. Okay. Um, I actually went natural. Maybe gosh. it actually happened unintentionally. I used to get relaxers and then I went natural and, So I love lion hair. Like, it's my thing now. Um, It's very hard to manage, um, but it's a look. It's definitely a vibe. It gives me a whole vibe.
0: Yeah, (laughs) me too. I know. It's like, yeah, the lioness, right? Yes. So what does being a lioness mean to you?
1: OMG. So if you've never met a lion before, it's nice to meet you guys. <laughs> Here, I am also a Leo. And so I embody all of those quiet qualities of being super fierce and fiery and learning, actually, my strength and also being soft but assertive. Mm-hmm. So that's what really a lion means to me, like standing and being able to communicate and assert myself a certain kind of way, but also understanding that I am equally or as powerful when I am also flowing and I don't even know what the word is. Is a word. I don't want to say like a recessive. I just want to say, I don't want to say it as if it's like you're submitting, but just understanding that I don't necessarily have to always be like on the prowl or super- yeah. Yes. How about,
0: how about just being present?
1: Yes, I love
0: that. <laughs> actually, actually I, I went to Kenya 20 years ago, and the lions were the most beautiful and intriguing creatures. And while you were talking about, you know, being on the prowl and the strength and the power, there was also a lot of just being in their community, you know, like protecting their, their babies right and and I think I I think like that's a beautiful balance of that masculine and feminine energy is the lion really embodies both of those things they really do very well too Mm -hmm. um when they
1: are on they're on I think I heard I think the fact is that lions sleep for 20 hours of the day yeah but for those four hours that they are on It is game on,
0: right? It's game on, but, but you realize that they know that they need to rest and just be like they need to, to, to rest so that they can, um, increase their, their strength.
1: Absolutely. Yes. So they're beautiful. They're awesome. Like my spirit animal all the way. Totally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mine too. For sure. Yeah, yeah, I think oh, the, have hair, the hair and we yeah. have the hair. <laughs> I did I did this one thing in uh when I was in graduate school and we did The Wizard of Oz, so guess who I was, you know, the cowardly oh, lion.
1: The lion. <laughs> I love it. Oh, awesome.
0: <laughs> so, so I was wondering, have you always been glamorous? Like were you glamorous as a little girl growing up? I do
1: feel like I've always been I don't want to say I was like, I wanted to be in the spotlight, but I just knew who I was. Like, I knew I was going to be the best at everything.
0: huh. <laughs> so you, so you know, like, you never lacked confidence.
1: Not at all. i mm-hmm. um, not, I will say that when it came time for me to show up in the world, no, I didn't lack confidence. Whether uh-huh. I had it going on inside, definitely. Uh-huh. Um, But I knew when it was time to show up, Brittany was going to shine and that, All of that internal stuff had a lot to do with, you know, family and childhood. But I knew when it was time to turn on, (laughs) they were going to get the best whatever I could give at that moment.
0: (laughs) Uh And you always tried to give your best because I know that you said that you lived sort of a perfectionistic life, like always striving for perfection. So tell me about that.
1: It's funny that we're talking about this. I literally just did a live yesterday. I was inspired by someone. I was on a call with a client I was on a call with, and I did a live that says perfectionism is for broke people. And so I talked about- Wait, it's for what? Broke people.
0: Broke people.
1: Yes, and I talked about how- Being broke in a sense, we're not even just talking about financially, even though that is what sparked the message, but also how that kind of kills your connections, genuine connections as well. Um, And so when you're living this facade and you're trying to be perfect all the time, then that really takes you out of being present and being able to connect a certain kind of way. Uh,
0: even Even to yourself.
1: Absolutely. You don't have a sense of self or it's really, you're not really even sure who you are when you're striving to. Be a because when perfection is normally like you, it's you see an idea or someone you think of an idea of how you should be, and not necessarily it's a genuine Uh um, persona, basically, right? Uh And so you are always just trying to keep up with the Kardashians,
0: (laughs) Uh Uh keeping up with the
1: Joneses all the time. There's no true. Connection. There's no true identity, and that can really be a killer. That can that is major self sabotage right there. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I wanted to be perfect because I wanted to receive a certain level of love and affection from my mother that I saw other children get, and that I wasn't necessarily getting in. I didn't understand at the time. I just thought that everything that she said was wrong was actually what was wrong with me. And so I would just try to do everything in my power to make sure my grades were a certain type of way or when I was performing as a dancer or a cheerleader or something, I was the best because she was coming out to see me and I better have made sure that she was going to be proud of me at the end. And so I de- developed this, basically, this almost unhealthy... Idea of myself or way to live
0: super early. It was like you were constantly um, trying to seek approval from your mom.
1: Absolutely, yes.
0: And she—did she ever give you any sort of approval? I mean, were there times, moments?
1: Definitely yes and that's probably why I kept doing it consistently because there were times I was like oh my gosh this worked! this is awesome uh-huh. um, definitely, um, and I don't think it was a lack of love I don't think it was intentionally malicious uh-huh. I just think that it was what was learned by her as well you know and so it just carried on over into her relationship with me and for a while gosh, how old are my younger siblings it was just me for a while. And so well, I have an older brother, but he didn't, once he got to high school, he moved in with his father. Um, and so it was just me for a little while. And we really had to go through the motions, I guess, to kind of get to the next point. <laughs>
0: so, so was she encouraging in a way like you could do better or just anything that you did was not acceptable?
1: Um, I think that she had very high expectations of me because she kind of knew herself and she knew that I was a reflection of her. Mm -hmm. And so in everything that she pushed me to do, she was absolutely right. Yes, I was a straight A student and that came easy to me. Education came very easy to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was more so that, that she, there were some things about me that, she would say that she didn't like really. And so whether or not that was my personality, me actually wanting to be the person that was in the front and wanting to be in the spotlight and wanting to be, part to be a part of everything. Um, she showed a lot of resentment towards that.
0: Uh-huh. Was, was she more shy than you? I mean, you seem like you're very outgoing and friendly and, you know, easy, easy to connect with.
1: Yes. I wouldn't say she was shy, but she definitely was not expressive.
0: Uh-huh. And so, so I say she,
1: was shy. she was very opinionated, um, very sassy in a sense, but you would have to have been close to her to experience
0: that. Uh-huh. And so she saw, she saw you. I mean, I would imagine that you were out there and expressive yeah. and it's like, don't, don't be that like, absolutely like like trying to trying to quiet you down maybe or basically basically like not allowing your light to shine
1: basically that's really how it was it was kind of like she would say like these words she would actually say I don't I don't like that about you
0: (laughs) wow
1: I don't like that about you and it got to a point it's funny because the way I mean I think it's perfectly fine. A lot of children come out completely different from their parents. Um, even though I actually don't think we were different, I actually think there were some things in me that she saw and because she wasn't able to act on them in her own way that uh-huh. actually came from her, that's where the resentment came from because as an adult now I actually realize that we are very much so alike and so uh. she would actually say to me well I'm not like that and I wouldn't do that and Everything about me, the way that I talk, the way that I could have relationships with people, like people will say, oh my gosh, you sound just like your mother, like your mother would (laughs) say. Even my dad, I actually am like a spinning image of my dad, but my dad will look at my face and he'll say, you are making the same facial expressions as your mother.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that so interesting how that happens? Yes. Yeah. So how did you, how did you overcome this, you know, like unrealistic uh, vision of who your mom thought you should be, as opposed to coming into your own saying, you know, I, I need to stop listening to her version because it I'm feeling like stifled.
1: Um, This is a process. And I also want to say that Once I started to understand how even adults have their own things going on with them, and I started to think and interpret her behavior and our relationship a certain type of way, I didn't think that her vision of me was wrong. I just thought that her execution of how she was trying to get me to get to whatever level she thought she just wanted me to be the best honestly it was just that it was an unhealthy way in which she did it Uh um i don't think it was i don't like my child i think it was okay i want you to actually be much better than i was and this is the way in which you have to do it because but she didn't really know how to get me to that point and so it was trial and ever right and then it became this really unhealthy toxic kind of situation uh-huh. um, however it wasn't until I went away to college that I saw other black girls with their moms I actually went home with my one of my very good friends I went home with her for a holiday one time in Georgia and I saw how their family was really connecting and how they spoke to each other and I went home. Like it was like almost like a research paper. I went home. I needed to know. <laughs> conversation because it was a big thing that my mom used to call me the b-word a lot and so we were in the backyard we used to love cooking out when i would come home during the summertime. we would have, have barbecues and so this word comes out and i said my friend's mother do not call them that i don't like it when you call me that
0: wow and the look
1: on her face when i said that and that's when i knew okay this isn't because she's not doing it to me because she really feels, maybe she didn't feel like I was a bitty, right? But I don't think she was doing it where it was like she knew what she was doing was completely wrong. I think yeah. she was doing it because it was learned behavior. Yeah. And she looked so stunned when I said it to her. And it was as if she had a moment of self-reflection. And she was like, oh. And she never said it again.
0: Wow. <laughs> she wow. Never said
1: it again. After that moment, it is funny. And that was me at, I want to say, maybe I was like 18 or 19 years old because it was summer vacation from college uh-huh. my first year of
0: college. And, um, that, and that was just normal behavior from her.
1: Absolutely, right. Wow. Um. So when my mom, so fast forward four years, my mother passed away from secondhand lung cancer uh, a few weeks before I graduated from college. Mm. And up until that point, I just knew that I was going to graduate and work for the number one auditing firm in the world because I was going to be the best and if that was going to be the best auditor then that's what I was going to do right and Mm -hmm. whatever I was going to do um and so I don't think that even though that's uh, exactly what I just said perfectionism is for people it's not realistic right but when she passed away I still had the mentality that I was going to be extraordinary. So not necessarily perfect, but there's no way I was not going to be leaving my mark in whatever it was that I did. Mm -hmm. However, that whole dynamic and my perspective changed once I didn't have her there to guide me into a certain direction. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I started to think, especially because she passed away so young, I don't want to... Leave this earth and not have experience life the way I wanted to. And that's the biggest thing I got from her. Like my mother was super beautiful, super articulate, but she was not, I don't feel, especially as I thought about her life, I don't feel like she was lived a super happy life. I don't feel like she was a happy woman. Uh-huh. I don't feel like she loved as completely as she would have liked to. I do felt like I do feel like there was a lot of conditions and circumstances in her life that really made her the way that she
0: was. Well, and, and maybe, maybe she didn't feel very loved either.
1: I agree. I absolutely 100% agree with that. Yes. And so I decided then that that wasn't going to be me.
0: Mm.
1: And it took a while for me to actually rewire this whole thing. I want to say almost it's only been now just a couple of years because even after she passed away, then I just decided I was going to do something else, but I wasn't healing my soul. So I didn't know that there were things going on inside of me and things in my subconscious that I really needed to address and release and a whole bunch of hurt and pain. I didn't, I never come to that point because throughout my life I'd never been taught to care for myself or
0: Process your emotions and
1: process absolutely not. Even after she passed, I never processed that.
0: Wow. Um, I
1: went from only one moment that I show real emotion. And I remember I got the phone call. I we already knew that it was happening. I had gone home a few weeks before then, but I remember getting the phone call and still getting dressed to go to class that day because I was going to be graduating in two weeks.
0: Wow. And so I'm walking
1: through the parking lot. And my girlfriend, my very like, I'll never forget this. I love her for the rest of my life. Where I'm walking through the parking lot, she's walking by me, and she's like, "Hey, glass." And she's the only one who knew what was really going on with my mother. And we just, co- I started bawling. Like
0: mm.
1: we fell in the middle of the parking lot, and probably laid there. This cars going by us. It was the most like. I don't want to say dramatic, but it was, I'll never forget this moment in my life. Anyway, so after the cry, get up, go to class. We still got to take our series threes, you know,
0: wow. still have to
1: graduate, still have finals coming up. And so once all of that happened and we had the service and everything, my life had to start. I didn't have my mother at home. I didn't know what I was going to be doing after. I knew I had a job lined up, but I didn't know where I was going to I didn't really have anything that most children have once they're graduating from college. And so I knew, okay, now we have to make things shake, right? Things have Uh to happen. And so I didn't, I never really addressed that trauma in that episode or event basically. So I just went on with my life. And so over the last, over those next couple of years that reflected that unaddressed trauma and pain reflected into my relationships um. Me emotionally, period. But I also think that it also helped me put things in perspective. So I know I wasn't happy and I would just stop doing whatever it was I was doing at the time and change to something else, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the biggest thing, especially when I decided I was going to leave corporate, was that okay, I'm young and I'm miserable. Like there's no reason why I should be freaking 24 years old and completely miserable where I don't even want to talk to people and I don't even like people and I don't want to be around people mm-hmm. and I hate what I'm doing every day and I don't want to get out of the bed. So that biggest thing was like, okay, I'm not going to be like my mother. I'm going to live my life. And that worked for a little while as far as positioning myself and starting a business, etc. Is that too much?
0: No, I, no, it's okay. Maybe if maybe if you sit a little closer, that's fine. Is yeah. it good? Yeah, you you being closer is helpful.
1: Okay, and so I became an entrepreneur and started a business, but I really had a lot of unresolved issues. Uh
0: huh. Um,
1: and that played out for that out like that for a while until. Honestly, I just made myself sick. I just started taking on so many responsibilities. It was still that mindset from my childhood to be perfect and to pretend that everything was okay, even though I didn't feel like I had people in my life to support me, even though I didn't feel loved. even though I was in a toxic relationship with my partner at that time,
0: Uh um,
1: no one knew all of the stuff that was going on in my life.
0: (laughs) Because you came out with a smile and you always looked nice and you looked perfect and you were leading this perfect life on the outside.
1: And so it, it wasn't until I got really sick. I got, I made myself physically sick where I just was so lethargic. Um, I tell the story all the time. Like literally the right side of my body was, I, was, I thought I had almost like nerve damage. Damage. It would tingle. I couldn't sleep at night. I would have sweat. I would never, I, I basically never slept. I had so much anxiety. There was so much going on. I was having to make so much money. I had so much overhead. So I made myself sick trying to keep up with the Joneses or live this facade,
0: basically. Uh Um,
1: And once I got sick, I decided, okay, I'm going to stop doing everything I don't want to do. And that gave me time to start asking myself questions. You know, do you really, like, what kind of life do you want to live? You're an entrepreneur. You actually left corporate America for a reason, but you're still completely miserable. You mm-hmm. still don't like yourself. You still don't even like the person that you've been with for the past six years. And so I started asking myself questions that I never knew to ask myself before. Um, and that was just triggered. It was just a series of unfortunate events, basically. Um, but that gave me space to kind of reevaluate and then finally do some soul searching because I've never been, I been—I had never been spiritual before I'd never been taught um, to be spiritual. My house was not necessarily religious. Um, we did go to church a few times, but it wasn't ingrained in me. Uh-huh. Um, and now I'm actually not religious either. But oh my gosh, how much do I love God? Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> Learning about and growing in my spirituality was really the was was what's really what was able to help me transition. Into a new, into my own self, into my own thought processes and ideas and beliefs, and be able to have a certain mindset to create the reality around me that I
0: want. So, how did? Because I know that you said that you had a bad um, intimate relationship. So, tell me, tell me a little bit about that, and sort of how you woke up to say enough is enough and get and get to this. Spiritual journey where you're really fully embodying who you are and who you want to be, and the life you want to create for yourself.
1: Right. So well, that relationship actually started um, my senior year in college. Right around all of these things started happening around the same time. Not well. At, of course, my mom. That was after your
0: mom. mom. Yeah.
1: Yes, but I attached myself, and this is why I love now being able to differentiate between attachment and connection.
0: Ah. Uh-huh
1: attached myself to this man um, that I knew from the very beginning was not a good match for me, but he checked the boxes enough for me to start to build a life with him. Uh Um, However, our relationship became pretty toxic and pretty fast. And so from the verbal abuse and the physical abuse, and we just really didn't like each other like when I think about it I have no idea what the heck was going on with me and why I stayed in this situation for so long but we just did not get along we were literally like oil and water Mm -hmm. um but we together lived a facade we both had nice cars we were buying properties he had a good job we were both like, he started his own business. I started my own business together. We seem like the ultimate power couple from someone looking out. We're very good looking. Oh my gosh, the photos you would have never known. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Photos don't tell much except just what's right in front of you.
1: You would have never known. Um, and we went on like this for years and then I started to grow up and it took me a little while to grow up. And of course, with being with him, he was older than me. So I want to say maybe he's like seven years older than me or so. I mm-hmm. can't even remember how old I am right now. But I want to say about seven <laughs> years old. <than> <laughs> um, and, But he had picked up these toxic qualities and traits and from another relationship and brought them into this relationship. And so mm-hmm. when I started to, I noticed that, it really started when I started to become my own. And so he met me as a girl who was losing my mom and wasn't really completely present. Mm -hmm. And then as our relationship went on, all of a sudden I was like, oh, I want to do this. I'm starting this business. I am everything. Like, (laughs) I can do anything and everything. And then I Uh noticed our relationship dynamics started to change. And so they started off just we don't really get along and we don't talk nice to each other, but then it started to, it, it just gradually got worse and worse. And
0: what was do, the? Do you, do you think he was threatened by you coming into your, your power? And strength? Um,
1: I think it was, I was, I, I don't like the word threatened, but I guess that is what it is. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to make it
0: uncomfortable. Downplay it. Uncomfortable. I don't want to downplay. It. Yeah,
1: I, think, I, downplay it. I think that, it was something that he wasn't expecting Uh Um, and he wasn't moving at the same rate as I was moving and so it started to even as far as we just weren't equally yoked um when I started to just think bigger I now I can identify it by naming what it is but it wasn't as if he didn't want more from himself. It's just that he didn't know how to execute the more. Right. And so uh-huh. it would be like, okay, I want this, but I don't really want to do the work to do this. So, um,
0: so it was more, he, it was more about words than actions.
1: Right. And I would end up being the one that has to kind of help you jumpstart into whatever it is that you want to, you want to do. And our relationship basically we didn't have the balances we were supposed to have and so i would have to show up to get you where you're supposed to be all the time and i have to make the decisions that i have to do and it was too much and i was tired
0: it was it was basically like you were being the masculine energy, the
1: energy. and so we it was this major toxic masculinity going on because there's hitting and there's all this verbal abuse and then I still have to show up a certain type of way and make decisions and I can't really trust you 100%. I can't even trust you really at all to make uh, decisions. Because I don't trust your judgment and even in our intimate moments. So once you start to violate a person or your wife or anyone, a certain type of way, that changes everything for you. I don't trust you in any aspect.
0: No, and because you, you provide no sense of safety, security, and protection, which exactly. is, which is That, I I mean, for me, that's like the most epitome of masculine energy is like, you are the strength and the protector so that I feel safe. Right. I feel safe in my own right, but being in partnership with you, it's like, you are, you should be my biggest protector and strength and always have my back. I should never, I should never feel like... (gasps)
1: Exactly. I remember one time he actually said to me, I'm just thinking it's really, and it was crazy. We would fight on vacations.
0: Uh-huh. We would
1: be on islands enjoying, living it up, spent a whole bunch of money, and we are fighting on vacation. Uh-huh. Doesn't make sense. We would be fighting on, in the shower on vacation.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> and so I guess it was, almost. it did become, um, he wanted me to be less, a little, or just a little bit more
0: like controlling you,
1: yes, in a sense. Because, um, anyway, I wanted to say something else. So, <laughs> he did. I remember him saying to me one time because he was fussing about because I decided I wanted to see other people. So, this was a progression in his relationship. First, it was just like, okay, don't do that to me. And then, um, I decided I wanted to see other people, and then I moved out. And so, I had to gradually disconnect from him. But, I remember him saying one time, why would you? be messing with this other guy and I'm the one that takes care of you and I protect you and what the hell what are you protecting me from <laughs> you
0: like you're you're, you're hurting me. you're physically and verbally hurting me that's right. how is that protecting me
1: I'll do anything for you but act the way you're supposed to act like yeah. don't give
0: but treat me with respect love and honor
1: exactly <clears throat> now I will not act as if I was completely—I don't want to say innocent, but for lack of a better word, yeah—I will not act as if I did not bring my own karma drama into the situation. Triggers
0: um, that you triggered him in certain ways,
1: absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And so, however, I was a—I ch- I wasn't a child, but I was a young girl. And it was my very first major relationship, and I moved in with this guy, and so I did pick up habits from him, like the name calling and all that other stuff like i picked up habits from him and they just it was just like ugly with ugly like it just got uglier and uglier Mm -hmm. um but yes it wasn't until we went to go see a therapist and so we got to and probably should have seen the therapist way before then. But mm-hmm. this is probably like year six now. We were like, okay, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. If we don't see it there. because we really want to work it out, we're going to see it there. So we go see the therapist. And we're talking about all the stuff that's happened and all the stuff we've done to each other and all the other people that's involved. And it was nasty. It was a mess, right? Mm-hmm. And the way this woman was looking at us, I was so embarrassed. It was the first moment that I stopped and I was like, wow. Like, Mm. this is too much. This is too much. Enough is enough. Like, this is so disgusting. This woman looks so disgusting. Are you kidding me? Like, who are you? And so I was just basically super complacent and just going along with it the whole time. And I never stopped to even think about what was really like the gravity of what was going on and how toxic that it was because that was just our everyday life. Uh huh. Yes.
0: What would what would you say because there are a lot of women especially, I would say women especially that are in relationships and stay in relationships for years where they're being physically harmed and don't feel safe. And how do how do you I, under, I understand how scary it must be right. both to be in the relationship and to think about how in the hell am I going to get out of this? And so people just stay, right? Yeah. What, what's your, what are your words of wisdom for how to help people make a change in their life that will serve them better and, and help them feel safer and more protected in their own skin?
1: Um, I think my biggest form of advice, because I think thinking about it now, That decision had to come solely from me.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: There was no one else in my life, even the people who knew of a little, it's not as if they even knew the whole situation, but the people who knew that there were some crazy things going on. Uh There's nothing they could have told me to have made up my mind. Uh I had to come to that decision in myself. And so I would, my biggest advice would be to seek support and to seek yourself. So if that is, reading to find out you know who you are trying to really get a sense of what it is you want and why you're there Uh or what your value is I don't know what type of what kind of books would you read for that um because mine came through just starting to develop a sense of self as an entrepreneur almost like that's when I was like okay no we can't really be like this like I kind of know what level I'm operating in we have to go see a therapist, right? Uh-huh. And so as you start to become aware of yourself, that's when you start to make decisions that are in the best interest of you. But if you don't have the sense of that value or it's been completely diminished in a sense, then mm-hmm. you're never going to say, okay, I don't deserve this because that's the point you really have to come to. It's not, you, it, it's always, the emotions always outweigh everything else. Um, or even the beliefs, because my belief almost was, I knew that we were not a match, and I didn't really love him. I wasn't even in love with him at all. Um, My thing was, I didn't want to start over, and I felt like if I started over, I was a failure, if I didn't get married, I was a failure. If I didn't have kids, all of these things and these social constructs and all of this conditioning, mm-hmm. and the fact that I didn't have a family, and so he was what I knew as family at that time. Like he really was, even as toxic as it was, right? To me. That attachment was you're the person that is there, and you're the person I've been with for all these years, and now we right. have this these finances and all this stuff together, and so. That kept me in that shadow energy. And so you want to start to, gosh, but I feel like there's women who are super independent who end up in these situations as well. Like, yeah. it'll be like the most amazing woman and you can't believe that, what's happening in her home. Mm-hmm. Um, But I guess that's a codependency thing. That is a, uh, even with a woman like that, if I think about myself, that is still the codependency I don't want to fail. I don't want to look like I didn't do something right. Or my life is not perfect almost. Yes. Nice. So we have to release that codependency.
0: Well, and I, I think too, because, you know, I, I actually ended up going to Al-Anon and my relationship. He, he wasn't a drinker, but he had other addictive behaviors. And I had to realize that I had to take care of myself before I tried to quote unquote, fix the relationship, you know, like because I was investing so much time and energy into the relationship, it was like, I was a mess with myself, right. You know? And so, so I don't, I, I could say I was codependent, but I really felt like I was coming from this compassionate place where I was trying to help him figure out his stuff. Um, But it's not our job to do that. It's only our job to take care of our own stuff. And when you're in a situation that you know is not healthy and right. Yes. then, Then you have to trust that and honor what you need to do to take care of yourself in the best way possible.
1: I agree. I think as women, we think that we can fix our men, right? And so we think that, okay, if something's wrong with them, we can work through it and we can fix it. And sometimes it I can, not-
0: I can love him enough.
1: Right. And sometimes if it's not super major, you can help someone heal. But oftentimes the way that you help other people heal is by healing yourself. Yes. Everything is a reflection of you. And that's why I say, okay, I don't want to act like I'm innocent in the situation. It was a reflection. We reflected each other. Mm -hmm. And so once I started to stand in myself and heal myself a certain kind of way, then I was able to look at the situation objectively. Then I wasn't actually in the same situation. I was able to look at it from the top, you know, like, okay. From From an
0: observer position.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And so once you start to get clarity for yourself, okay, who am I? What am I doing? That is how you're going to be able to make decisions, the best decision for everyone involved. So it wasn't the best decision for me just to leave. It was the best decision for him as well for me to leave. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. no, I, I I think I think the same is true for me that you know, especially because I had three children to consider and I just thought, is this what I want to teach them? um you know about a loving relationship no right. this is not what i want to teach him i'm not showing up i'm not the woman that i want to be and i know for sure that he's not the man i want him to be right and i can't even though i've been trying to help him and we went to therapy and we tried to work on our stuff i felt like he still wasn't taking responsibility for the ways that he was hurting the relationship and I mean, trust me, I'm the same. I was not innocent. I had my own part to play. I had my own shit to deal with. But I went to Al Anon. I went to individual therapy. I, you know, started doing a lot of meditation and self-reflection and really saying, Who do I want to become? Because I've lost myself. Yes. I don't recognize myself. Even my parents and some of my friends were like, Don, you you've changed. You're different. And not in a good way, Right. you know, and that's, that was my like, oh shit. I do, you know, I want to be the best version of myself for, for not only for myself, but for my kid's sake. Mm-hmm. And, and to, and to let them know that everyone deserves to be treated well, yes. especially, especially by the people who claim to love you the most. Right. Right. And if they're not doing that, That's not, that's not about you or on you. That's about them and them taking care of their own emotional well being. Because I think, I think when people, you know, uh, are abusive, I'll just say the word abusive, verbally, physically, psychologically, you know, trying to tear other people down, um, and even, and even addicts Uh basically tearing themselves down. It's because they're not managing their own emotional health and well-being, Absolutely. right?
1: One hundred percent.
0: Yes, they're numbing their feelings. They're they're projecting. They're blaming, and 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 then you start questioning, like, "Well, am I? What's the matter with me? Did
1: I do something wrong?" Yes, yeah. right. So you start questioning your own self-worth, and that's how you lose the sense of self. And so, yeah. you try to literally. Um, give it reason okay maybe i can do this differently or maybe i can i'm not doing this right right um and so when you start to actually compensate or is that the right word when you actually start oh, yeah. To, yeah.
0: overcompensate
1: yes overcompensate exactly <laughs> mm-hmm. when you start to overcompensate for other people's crap <laughs> that's where you go wrong just stop and abort mission. Um,
0: The
1: best thing for you to do in your life is to take care of yourself first.
0: Yes. So how did you learn to do that?
1: Wow. I haven't spent a lot of time with myself.
0: Uh Um,
1: I find that actually a lot, especially millennials, we have this thing where we love to have companionship, and that's virtual exactly even virtual and physical but a lot of the people that i see in relationships it's they've always been in relationships and so you went from a child into being an adult and during this whole time you've been in the same relationship with the same person that you know for years it doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. like you're you guys are going to become two totally different people. And it doesn't always end up like that, but you are not the same person that you are as an 18 year old. as even you're going to be as a 25 year old. like
0: No. And then he, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I remember, I remember thinking that when I turned 25, I was like, wow, I'm a lot different than 20 and even 25 to 30 and then 30 to 40 Absolutely. and 40 to 50. It's like, you're continuing to evolve.
1: Yes. And, but the, I think the biggest important thing, the biggest thing I was trying to say is there has to be a period in your life where it's just you
0: yeah, and
1: you really get to know yourself. You really get to love yourself because we're a lot of the times we have no idea how to even love ourselves yes. and honor ourselves a certain type of way. Yes. Um, typically we are taught to suppress our expressions and our talents and our gifts or we have to live this life where we start to do this status quo kind of structure in our lives and so or, kind of, or okay. sacrifice
0: sacrifice for other people
1: yes and even if think of an even as an artist like okay you already know you are expressive and you want to create all this beautiful stuff at a certain age and then all of a sudden somebody says you still have to go to college Well, why do I still have to go to college,
0: right? Yeah. (laughs) According to whom?
1: Exactly. And so you need time to undo all the things that you thought or you were taught to believe in Mm -hmm. order to create your own consciousness for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest thing. You almost have to unlearn everything you thought that you knew in order to Create a reality for yourself that works for you and it's in line with your vibration, is line with is in line with what you're meant to do and express in the world.
0: I always say it's remembering your truth.
1: Yes. Yes, I love that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because it's really like when you're little, you are your truth. Right? You you have complete sort of freedom of expression until people start trying to suppress you and, and tell you you should or shouldn't do or be what you naturally are. Right. So, you know, so throughout your life, while you're growing up, you keep having these people trying to block your truth. And, and really, I feel like we're here to remember our truth, you know, that we are supposed to become the full expression of who we are.
1: I feel like that's the only purpose in our lives.
0: Yeah. That
1: is the sole purpose of living life on this earth. We are all trying to fully express. And I guess that's literally a reflection of the creator, right?
0: Yes. We're
1: literally the expression of the soul. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. So
1: it's amazing. It's beautiful how the universe works and how energy works. It's amazing. (laughs)
0: And it it does start with that love and accepting yourself. It's like, no matter, even if I'm dealing with my shit, it's still part of me. And so I need to honor all of those aspects of me. And, and if I'm doing that for myself, if I'm loving and accepting myself, if I have compassion for myself, if I'm trying to understand myself better, um, if I need to forgive myself, you know? for things that I blame myself for or feel guilty or shame or whatever. You know, if I can do those things for me first, then I'm more able and, you know, easily and more able to do that for other people to allow other people to be their fullest expression of themselves. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. So this is what you're, this is what you're helping other women do. Brittany, you want to talk a little bit about your business and how you are helping women express themselves in their fullest way, in their glamorous way?
1: Absolutely. I feel like we just kind of covered all of the...
0: Yeah.
1: But I specifically love working with women and my heart goes out to women because unlike any other... Well, it's only males out there, right? But (laughs) unlike men, we... Well,
0: however people define themselves.
1: Yes, however we define ourselves, unlike the masculine energy, we are almost wired from birth to put ourselves last in everything. Mm -hmm. And so we get to this point as an adult where our whole life becomes about everyone else and Mm -hmm. everything else. And I started to find that a lot of the women that I was interacting (laughs) with were, I'm so sorry, my doggy sneezing.
0: It's fine. I started
1: to find that a lot of the women that I was interacting with were from the outside look as if they had lived these full lives and life was great. And then when I would talk to them, life was not going as well as they would have liked it to go and they didn't realize their dreams and they are still
0: living life on
1: other people's terms and so they created these lives based on what they thought they should do or what their parents told them to do and then it literally would transfer into their relationship with their husband and so Mm -hmm. everything that they do is just in a shadow of their family basically
0: Sacrificing themselves
1: absolutely uh-huh. self sacrifice, major scarcity, playing superwoman, that people pleasing, and so
0: or I or martyr, I, I, martyr,
1: yes, the martyr, yeah. Um, but I like to say superwoman because women love to be called superwoman, we will wear that S on our chest, like the big scarlet letter. Um,
0: <laughs> Alicia Keys, superwoman, I, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, And the thing about being superwoman is if you are doing that and you are also doing you, that's great. But if you are playing superwoman and putting out everyone else's fires and sacrificing yourself, um, then we are not in a good place at all. Mm -hmm. And so my what I do is basically I elevate women and support them and hold so much space for them to help guide them and let them know that it's okay if you actually want to be your own person too in addition to all these other hats that you wear it's okay if you actually want to live exceptionally um and my biggest thing is owning those standards and so a lot of times this is all out in the world. I know all of you guys have heard it before, but women will be called high maintenance if they are too assertive, too abrasive. They are just glamorous and luxurious and unapologetically lavish and they want to do everything and live beautifully. Um, and so we get-
0: And they're called the B word.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it's a double standard because yep. the man that wants to- own his own yacht and you know live it up with his friends and be the CEO of the company. He's a badass, right?
0: Right. So- <laughs> right. Right. So,
1: so I really help women own it.
0: Yeah. And my
1: thing is you are not high maintenance, you are high level because I'm talking to a woman who is actually already high powered already accomplished has been doing her thing but she hasn't been able to reach her fullest capacity or reach her highest calling because that people pleasing and that living in a facade and that cycle of toxic burnout basically is keeping her from her full sense of self basically so Mm. i am great but it's always attached to something else or I want to do this, but this is too much. I really shouldn't want to do this. This is too high maintenance. This is too pretentious. Um, my parents are going to say something about it. My husband is not going to like it. Um, it's so. It's
0: all external validation as opposed to like, what is right for me? Yes. What am I, what am I here to do? Yes. What am I here to be? Who am I here to be in the world? Yes.
1: And so what I teach specifically is all about coming into your own sense of self with your self-value, your Mm self-sufficiency, your self-preservation. And so that's all about creating boundaries for yourself, creating boundaries all around you so that you can own it and show up the way that you are and fully embody the woman you're supposed to be and claim your desires and embrace your talents and gifts to the fullest extent, in order for you to give what you're supposed to give and express what you're supposed to into the world. Um,
0: Amen, sister.
1: <laughs> yes, that's how you feel too when we talk they're like,
0: yeah, okay, yes, let's do it. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes.
1: And I love my term high level just really means. When you are a, this woman who is the superwoman, you're already an increaser. Like you're bringing so much value
0: to mm-hmm. everyone around
1: you already. You're bringing so much value to the world. And so, your desires, whether or not that is to have an amazing seven figure company, to wear or buy the designer shoes because you want to show up and feel great about yourself, or to Go and travel the world for six months because you need to experience something. All of those things are going to help support you and contribute to the woman and the energy that you need to operate at the level that you're operating at. Mm-hmm. And so you, someone else can't tell you the level of energy or the experiences that will satisfy you <laughs> because they're not vibrating in your bubble. They're not doing the things that you do. They are not increasing the way that you provide increase and they may be doing so in their own way. However, they can't speak to your vibration and your energy and what God is saying is for you and the way that you're supposed to operate and the way you're supposed to express. And so there's no such thing as high maintenance when you're high level.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think high, I think high level, I think high worth.
1: Absolutely, yes. You know,
0: like I know my worth. I am a I am an amazing woman. Absolutely. You know, I'm multifaceted, I am strong, I am capable, I am smart, I am beautiful, I'm powerful, I'm vulnerable, I'm sensitive, I'm compassionate. All of of these things. I am woman, hear me roar, says no (laughs) one.
1: all of those things and just owning it it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay to be loud it's okay to not be liked as long as you are showing up and basically living in your power and owning your power and contributing to the world the way that you're supposed to and contributing to the people that you love like that's the only way for the people around you to actually start to step into their own and their light and their best self. You can't expect your children to reflect something that you don't reflect, right? Right. Because it's all everything's learned behavior. We just talked about that. We talked about my learned behavior from childhood. Up until I was able to kind of get a grip on my life and unlearn some things. So yes, that's what my program is about. Uh, My superpowers, I like to say, is I do I am a space healer, and as previously mentioned, I am an interior designer, so I use intentional living principles and space healing and space activation. My mantra is mind, body, soul, and space, and so when I'm working with women, we go through all four of those holistic energy principles and rewire them and optimize them to support the woman that you would like to embody or the desired level of success you would like to achieve.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's not that it's not that these external things define you, they support you, which, which I love how you say that it just supports your own sense of self worth and self value.
1: Absolutely. Um, Because if you think about, and this is, this phrase is actually very cliche, but it's very true. You're a product of your environment. And so when we talk about external, if you're living in clutter, your mind is also cluttered. And honestly, I see it reflect both ways yeah. if your mind is cluttered normally your space is cluttered and so you almost are reinforcing the negative and that's why i always add the space element because we've heard mind body soul before um, but our physical environments are normally a direct reflection of whatever's going on in our subconscious i've seen people who are afraid of commitment have a fear of commitment and i'll go into their homes and their homes will be empty
0: Wow. and they've been living there for
1: 2 years.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> and so literally it's almost a physical manifestation of everything that's going on inside of you because if you think about it our homes are sanctuary and so they're literally going to be your personality in physical form or your subconscious in physical form just like your body.
0: Right. Right. This is some powerful powerful stuff, Brittany. <laughs> I, I love your work and I um, really honor your journey and how you came through and, um, you know, to come into your full beauty and light and glam self.
1: Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so the last question that I always ask my guests is how do you define real love? Because this is, this is embodying yourself. So, that you can not only love yourself, but you know, shine for other people and connect with other people too. So, how do you define real love?
1: Wow, that is such a good question. Thank you. (laughs) I define real love as. Genuine connection and genuine expression or safe expression Mm. and safe and genuine expression Mm
0: -hmm. and always making a decision
1: that is best for everyone involved mm-hmm. um, love has can't be self serving love has to be what's the word I'm looking for not self serving but love has to be
0: like generous maybe
1: generous but I don't it's another word that I'm looking for because it can't just be from your own perspective it can't be I love you until you do something I don't like or mm-hmm. I love you until it doesn't work for me anymore. Uh Um, It has to be unconditional. It has to be, oh gosh, this is a great question. Look, I
0: wasn't ready. (laughs) (laughs) I know everybody's like, wait a second. I need to think about that for a little while.
1: Yes. Love has to be discerning almost in a sense.
0: Yeah. Yes. And
1: so it has to be, okay, no matter what, I can, Love you not through pain or not while I'm treated terribly, but I can love you the best that I can and make these decisions the best that I can because I'm thinking of all of the energy involved.
0: Mm. Yeah, yes, that's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you.
1: I hope it was. was.
0: (laughs) No, I just like to hear what people, you know, what, how people express it. It's really beautiful because everybody, everybody has a little bit different way of talking about it, but it all comes back to the same place. It's like in your heart.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Right. Coming from the heart. So how can, so how can people get in touch with you if they want to work with you or find out more, more about you?
1: Okay. So on both, Facebook and Instagram. I am Brittany C glass, Brittany spelled B R I T N E Y and glass. Like the glass you drink out of guys.
0: (laughs) Um, Like that glass of champagne we're going to have later.
1: (laughs) Yes. yes, yes. Um, So Brittany C glass on Facebook and Instagram. Um, My often high level women, high level woman activation is live now. Launched it a few days ago. So, congratulations! Want to activate shameless pleasure, passion, and luxury in your life, and you really want to dive into that concept of being high level and not high maintenance. You want to get that at www.highlevelwoman.com. Do I have any other things? Oh, and you can join my Facebook group, The Rich Woman. To connect with me on Facebook is super juicy. I do lives and trainings like two times a week. It's a bunch of amazing high level, high vibrational woman. So I would love to see you there. Connect with you. Tag me, ask me questions, introduce yourself. And that's all.
0: <laughs> Yay. Perfect. Yeah. Brittany is a powerhouse. Y'all, y'all find her, please. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> um, so for if, if you have enjoyed this conversation, which I'm sure you, you did, if you're listening to this, because we, yeah. talk, we talked about a lot of deep, meaningful, amazing things that are so important for all of us. Um, so please su- subscribe uh, to the wake up to real love podcast and share with your friends, give us feedback, write reviews, Um, And if you would like more support from me and finding more connection and fulfillment and expansion um, in your, in your life and in your relationships, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at the awakening with Dawn. Feel free to send me a message and I'd be honored to help you find and create more real love in your life. And um, you know, honestly, and it's so funny that, you know, every person that i interview even though we sort of talk around this we talk about this is and what i'm about to say is the most important relationship you'll ever have is the one you have with yourself
1: absolutely
0: so that yeah. you can be the kind of partner that you want to have and just show up in the world you know how you how you want to be, be become the person that you want to be
1: right absolutely
0: your, your best high level high worth, high version of yourself. Yes. <laughs> so thank you so much, Brittany. This has been an amazing conversation and I would love to have you on again.
1: Thank you so much for having me and receiving me so graciously, Don. you are beautiful. You are a class act and I love you.
0: Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> I love you too. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, every day, wake up to more real love. Take care, everyone. See you next time. Bye.